Well, hello, Clergy Chick listeners. Thanks for tuning in. If ever you want to give to that which makes it happen, give to my church, Chapel by the Sea, on Clearwater Beach, Florida. You can text GIVE to 727-222-1336. And as always, this is the Clergy Chick Podcast. My name is Rhonda Blevins. I'm the Clergy Chick. From December the 6th, 2020, at Chapel by the Sea in Clearwater Beach, Florida, the text is Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 through 11. Comfort. Oh, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her turn, that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins voice cries out in the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord make straight in the desert a highway for our God every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low the uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all people shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken a voice says cry out And I said, what shall I cry? All people are grass. Their constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades. When the breath of the Lord blows upon it, surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings. Lift it up, do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. See, the Lord God comes with might and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom gently lead the mother sheep. to invite you to play a little game with me if you have a smartphone handy. Sorry. It's called the Florida Man game. Have you played this? You Google your birthday, and then you also, alongside your birthday, you Google Florida Man. So, for instance, my birthday is August the 20th, and so I Google Florida Man August 20. And the headlines are pretty amusing. Apparently, you Florida men... You're pretty wild fellas, because you do some crazy stuff. So while I'm telling you about my Florida man results, uh, go ahead and look yours up and uh, see what you find. I'm going to share mine with you if you'll grant me permission to share a PG version of of the headline here. Is that okay? A little PG action? All right. Florida man August 20. Here's the first one that popped up for me. Florida man arrested. That's usually how they start. (laughs) Florida. Florida man arrested for, 
I'm a little embarrassed to say this, PG-13 maybe. Florida man arrested for botched castration on another man he met on eunuch fetish website. I kid you not, that is the, I'm a little embarrassed. Now I have to move along. Florida man, anybody else got, you're not gonna get to share it because that would take us all day, but you got your Florida man results. Oh, Donna's dying to share hers. Well, come on up, Donna, get the microphone. (laughs) She can't help it. Oh, so if you're watching on YouTube, the headline was Florida Man Goes on a Beer Run with Alligator in Hand. All right, that sounds about like the Florida Man game. So that's the Florida Man game. You can play it with, uh, with your friends and family over the holidays. There was a Florida Man headline this week that caught my attention, though. Um, this one was something to the effect of Florida Man Lost at Sea. Did you see this in the news this week? His name was Stuart B. I think he was 60-something, maybe 65-ish. And he set out on his 32-foot boat off of um, uh, uh, Port Canaveral from Cape Marina. And he set out, and he set out on the Friday after Thanksgiving. So he took his 32-foot boat, and he went out pretty far. He went out roughly 80, 90 Uh, miles out and he decided he wanted to spend the night on his boat so he spent Friday night after Thanksgiving on his boat all was going well but on Saturday when he tried to start his engine guess what Uh uh-oh you've been on that kind of boat haven't you I grew up going to the lake on that kind of boat so he tried to start his engine didn't run he tried to fix it you know with what mechanical skills he had he could not fix it he didn't call for help at that point he decided to spend another night on his boat out in the water So he spent Saturday night, and he fell asleep on his boat. And sometime after midnight, he was rudely awakened by the sound of a rushing wave of water coming into his boat. And it happened so quickly that he couldn't call for help. All he could grab was a boat cushion, and the boat capsized. And luckily for him, it stopped with about four feet still kind of hanging in the water. It's upside down, but four feet still hanging in the water. And so Mr. B, with his life preserver uh, boat cushion, held on to that four feet of boat. And he stayed that way for the next roughly 35 hours. So that was, it happened in the middle of, like, just after midnight between Saturday and Sunday. So all the rest of that night, all day Sunday, through Sunday night, into Monday morning. About 35 hours, that was his situation. Now, if you're him, what are you thinking? I tried to put myself in his shoes, and this is what I would be thinking. Okay, this is not looking good. (laughs) I'm going to die here. How am I going to die? This is what I'm going to be thinking, right? If I'm Mr. B, how am I going to die? Am I going to die of dehydration? Am I going to die because the boat finally goes under and, and I'm just left to try to kind of tread water and I, maybe I die by just kind of giving up? Or maybe the band of man-eating sharks is going to come along and eat me alive. How am I going to die? Because I'm not getting out of this one. There's no boats around anywhere. So that's what's happening in my mind if I am Mr. B. It seems as if it's a hopeless situation with no way out, doesn't it? And that's the same situation that the people of Israel found themselves in as captives in a foreign land in Babylonia. 
For 70 years, roughly 70 years, they've been slaves in Babylonia after the Babylonians conquered Judea, conquered Jerusalem, raised the city to rubble, burned down the temple, carted off the best and the brightest for for a 540-mile journey from Jerusalem to Babylon. And they've been there for 70 years. That's a, how many generations is that? It's a long time. And if you're in that situation, if you're a slave in Babylonia, it doesn't look good. You're looking around, you're like, ah, we're not getting out of this. It appears to be a hopeless situation with no way out. And into that hopeless situation with no way out, the prophet Isaiah speaks these words, comfort, comfort, oh my people says your God, speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid. She has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. So back to Mr. B, Stuart B, hanging out on four foot of capsized boat with nothing but a cushion and imaginations of how he's going to die. He's been there for 35 hours. No food, no water, no cell phone to entertain him, nothing but his fear and anxiety. And in the distance, about midday on Monday, is it a mirage? Is it? Is it really a boat? He sees a boat in the far distance, and he has his shirt, and he begins waving it. Do you see the hope coming alive for Mr. B? He's waving his shirt back and forth, and he does this for 45 minutes as this large boat approaches him, waving his shirt back and forth, holding on for dear life, waving back and forth. Hope has come alive. And in Babylon, where the children of Israel have been hopelessly enslaved for 70 years, there begins to be some whispers. Did you hear that King Cyrus of Persia is at war with Babylon? Did you hear that King Cyrus of Persia is defeating Babylon? Did you hear that King Cyrus of Persia is going to let us go home? Did you you hear the good news? He's going to free us. And that's when the prophet Isaiah writes these words. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term. Her penalty is paid. She has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries out, in the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Folks, we get to go home. Now fast forward roughly 600 years. And Mark sits down to pen the story of Jesus, the first one to do so that we know of. And he thinks to himself, how do I begin this story of Jesus? How do I tell this story? And he thinks back to Isaiah 40 and this phrase, prepare the way of the Lord. He says, yes, that's it. 
That's where we begin the story of Jesus with John the Baptist crying out to the people from the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. And so now we are here some 2,000 years after that thinking about Mark's words and Isaiah's words and we wonder, well, how do we do that? How do we prepare the way of the Lord? How do we uh, do that in some practical way that's not so ethereal? Is there a way that we prepare for the coming of the Lord? And I think of the best example I can think of is how a young couple, or in the case of my husband and I, we weren't so young couple, (laughs) prepare for the birth of a baby. Anybody remember preparing for the birth of a baby? Anybody in the cry room over there with all the little ones? Remember the birth of a baby? Oh, we got one on the way right there. Yeah. So you're preparing right now, aren't you? There's one on the way. Another baby. And so what all do you have to buy? Maybe you can help me out because it's been a little while. You, you have to buy a crib. Help me out. You can help me, help me think of all the things. Because babies have a lot of stuff. They come with just a lot of stuff, don't they? So you got to buy a crib and a crib mattress. Help me out. you got to buy diapers and wipes. And don't forget the wipe warmer and the diaper genie. And you, nobody's helped. Have you, has it been that long, people? <laughs> have you not been to a shower or anything? What else do you have to have to welcome a baby? A stroller. A bottles. A car seat. Changing table. Blankets. babysitter (laughs) yes all of the things that you have to prepare for the coming of the baby and you find the machoest of macho men slapping pink paint on the wall to welcome a baby girl all of this to prepare the way to to make sure that the baby has a warm and hospitable place to come home to And that's what we do as we prepare our hearts and our minds for the coming of the Lord. We make sure that our hearts are warm and hospitable for the coming of the Christ. That the Christ might grow in us in a warm and hospitable environment. What does that look like? Well, it looks like abandoning hopelessness and taking up a little hope. It looks like abandoning greediness and buying Toys for a child we'll never meet, but we know who needs a little bit of joy this Christmas. Those are some practical ways that we do this. And so like Mr. B clinging to four foot of boat, waving his shirt frantically for 45 minutes, and like the people of Israel saying, have you heard? King Cyrus is going to let us go home. We begin to imagine ourselves welcoming the Christ child, and our hearts quicken with the thought of the arrival of Christmas Day and the birth of our Lord Jesus. We wait for the Christ, but we do not wait as those without hope. Because hopelessness seems to always manifest in hope, and hope, more often than not, to manifestation. There's another Florida Man headline that we could probably find if we looked. If we Googled Florida Man November 30th, here's the headline that we just might see. Florida Man rescued after hours clinging to a capsized boat. You see, after Mr. B waved his shirt for 45 minutes, that boat called the, uh, I have it written here in my notes, 
Angelus. It's a 740-foot boat called Angelus. They see him. And it's carrying a boatload of Chiquita bananas, of all things. Remember the song? I'm Chiquita Banana, and I'm here to say, okay. You're, you're, you're dating yourself, just like me. And the banana boat sees Mr. B waving his shirt, and they pull close enough to throw him a life ring, and they bring him on board, and they give him dry clothes, and they feed him, and I imagine he had all the Chiquita Bananas that he wanted. And King Cyrus was good for his word, and he allowed the Hebrew people to leave captivity in Babylonia and go back to the homeland. And so they began to trickle home. They made a way through the wilderness. The path was straight. And so we make our preparations, and we hang lights as if we're the Motel 6 welcoming the weary traveler. <laughs> And we light candles to wait for Messiah. And we sing Christmas carols like a newborn, like the parents of a newborn child will sing lullabies to the new baby or even in utero. We sing. Now we wait for the arrival of the Lord in 2020. We, as a nation and as a world, we're waiting. We're waiting for... a vaccine or herd immunity or whatever it is that we're waiting for to return to some sort of normalcy, but we do not wait as those without hope. Thanks be to God. And across the centuries, the prophet says, comfort, comfort my people. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight his path. Comfort, my people. Comfort. Thanks for tuning in to the Clergy Chick Podcast. Until next time, keep on shining.